a lot of people live in denial because they think that to be realistic is to be depressing. I'm Dr. Mike, host of Going There. It was the first song where I wrote about how I felt like my depression was killing me and I didn't want it. Going There breaks the stigma of mental health issues by having real honest conversations with your favorite musicians, including Alessia Cara, Lizzie Hale, Jewel, Jason Isbell, Gerard Way, Lauren Gray, Shamir, and Barty Strange. There was something there that was so raw where I was like, wow, I can't believe someone would say that. Let's go there on Going There with Dr. Mike, brought to you by Sound Mind Live and the Consequence Podcast Network every other Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Good for a Weekend, the podcast where two friends talk about Taylor Swift. I'm Allie Klebus. And I'm Cressy Cornis. And if you are a Taylor Swift fan, you know that this girl loves to cook. She's even said that her love language is cooking. So for today's episode, we wanted to go over the recipes Taylor has shared with us, as well as her personal history with cooking, such as her appearance on Selena Gomez's cooking show, or the time she taught St. Vincent how to cook. Yeah, with the holidays just around the corner, no matter where you are in the world, we thought it would be fun to talk about all the times Taylor has cooked with her friends and family, as well as all the recipes that you can try too. Yes, we even tried two of Taylor's recipes in preparation for this episode, and we're excited to tell you how that went. So, Cressy, before we get into this, how do you personally feel about cooking? Are you good at it? Are you bad at it? What's the deal? So I love to cook. I'm a cooking queen. I know you asked me that for the sake of the podcast, but you already know that. I know. (laughs) I love to make things from scratch. I make really good chicken and dumplings. I make my pasta from scratch. Like I like roll out the noodles and everything, but I am terrible at baking. I don't enjoy it. Uh, To me, the saying that cooking is an art and baking is a science is very true because yeah. there is not a science cell in my body. I just don't <laughs> understand it. Yeah. And every time I have to bake, it just doesn't go well. So today when we were cooking in preparation for this episode, I was like, Do you know what? I'm going to I'm going to push my limits. I'm going to bake cookies. Yeah. I'm going to see if I can do it. And we're going to get into this later at the end of the episode. But I. I will say I wish I had cooked instead. <laughs> what about you? Um, I will say I'm the same. I rarely bake, but I love being in the kitchen. Like, I'm also just not, like, a sweet tooth person. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I'll eat chocolate, like, or eat whatever. I love a good dessert, but I that's not, like, my, um, you know, that's not, like, my guilty pleasure. Like, my guilty pleasure is garlic knots not like cookies or cupcakes Mm. you know yeah and so like most of the food I cook like you said is like actual meals it's like the art of cooking also Mm -hmm. the problem with me and baking and uh, I'm gonna be that person who brings up going abroad again but a lot of like when I really started to love cooking was after I lived in Italy because we did like cooking classes as part of the program And, like, in Italy, it's not as much, like, measurement-based. So, like, how I cook is, like, never buy a recipe, which you just, like, straight up can't do when you bake. Like, I'm always, like, taste testing. Like, I never Mm. follow a recipe because I, frankly, am lazy. Me neither. I just – just vibes. No measurements, just vibes. Yeah, because, like, once you, like, know your way around the kitchen, you can kind of, like, see what you need. I don't know. And that's what makes it fun. Yeah. And you have to oversalt a few dishes before you really realize 
how to cook. <laughs> like, I don't know. Have you ever oversalted something because you're not following measurements? Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, totally. I used to do that all the time whenever I was first learning how to cook, like especially in college. Uh, something I would always oversalt would be rice. Oh, yeah. Fun fact. Yeah. I don't know what it was about rice, but I would always oversalt my rice. But fortunately, yeah. I've gotten better. I totally agree with you, though. No measurements, just vibes, just taste testing. Yeah. And that's the way to do it. And that's what makes it fun. And I think that's why I like cooking much more because it's more interactive. Like yeah. you're not just like standing and waiting. Yeah. Like you're, it's very involved. And with baking, it's like measure, dump, yeah. measure, dump, wait 30 minutes and hope yeah. it's good. <laughs> I also like cooking because it's like even if you follow a recipe, you can still make it your own. You know what I mean? Because you don't have to follow such like strict guidelines like baking. Mm -hmm. Like it's easier to be like, oh, I like cilantro. So like put a little cilantro yeah. on something or like. You can always like personalize it, which I guess people who are good at baking can probably personalize their sweets. But yeah, I've definitely mm -hmm. um, really messed up a cake or two in my lifetime. <laughs> yeah, like with with pasta sauces, mm -hmm. it's okay mm -hmm. if you don't have green onion and you need to use white onion. Yeah. But it's not okay in baking if you use baking powder instead of baking soda. You know, yeah. like, there's no wiggle room. And I, I think that's why I like cooking so much. But yeah. anyway, let's let's get into this episode. I have a clip for us to listen to, okay. actually, to set the stage. All right, let's listen. We're going to listen to the first minute of... Taylor and Jamie Oliver raising money for Stand Up to Cancer. Okay. And it's it's really great. We're going to play the first minute of it. And we're going to have a link to the donation link that they shared in the video if you want to donate. But I think it's going to do a good job of setting the stage. Yes. Okay. Let's do it. You ready yet? You ready, Jimmy? Jamie. Jamie Oliver. Jeremy. Jamie Oliver, the naked chef. Have you never heard of me before? I'm not doing this if you're going to do this naked. No, 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 not, no, no, it wasn't about me being naked. I don't it was want about... you to be naked ever. No, no, it was all about stripping the food down. Cue the music, please. Just get your head in the game, okay? Okay. You ready? Yeah, I guess. I'm a baking king. Baking is my thing. So come into my ring. Uh-huh. No. It's incredibly wrong. Those aren't the words at all. on the pan. Have the chocolate if you can. Sugar butter will be grand. Uh -huh. My arm is aching. Just pour it in the cake tin. It's like I got this sponge cake in my mind saying it's going to taste so fine. Woo! Don't steal my ingredients. That was mine. We don't cheat. This is a serious competition. Pop stars can't bake, 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 bake. My cake's gonna taste great, 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 great. First place I'll take, 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 take. Bake it off, bake it off. Woo! So that was really fun. Right? So now that we've buttered the pan, we've sauteed the garlic, We've gotten things going. Oh, my God. We, we've preheated the oven. I can't think of any more Puns. metaphors. Now that we've done all of that, let's get into what Taylor's kitchen looks like. Yes. Because I think this is, this is fascinating to me because we love to cook. We've got to know what's in her kitchen. Yes. 
So we get a glimpse of this in Miss Americana. So if you need a description, you want to imagine all these dishes that we're about to get into, you can picture it all happening in this kitchen. Okay. So here's how House Beautiful describes it in an article by Kelly Corbett. Quote, the kitchen itself is wildly colorful and eclectic, giving off a fairy tale cottage kitchen vibe right from the start. Blue, yellow, and red wooden fixtures energize the room. Stenciled florals embellish the cabinets, and the rounded archways of the home transport you into the whimsical and quirky world of Swift. Think Alice in Wonderland meets Hansel and Gretel. End quote. Um, amazing. Honestly, what else would you expect from her, though? I know. I want to cook in there. I know, me too. So the article goes on to point out that Taylor has a copper tea kettle on her stove, magnets all over her ovens, and a plate of cookies sitting in the background. And I thought the magnets on her ovens were really interesting because I don't have any magnets on my ovens. That's not something I think about. But she has them on both of her ovens. She has, like, the double-stacked kind. Yeah. And they're just covered in magnets. That's so interesting. I don't think I've ever seen anyone do that. Yeah, we'll have to post a picture of the background of Miss Americana so people can see it. And it's in the background, so you can't really zoom in on it. Like, you don't know what the magnets are, but I want to know what the magnets are. I want to know if she got them on tour from different states and countries and if that's what they all are. But she has so many magnets. (laughs) Even with like a quirky kitchen of a lot of different colors, I would still imagine that she would have like some like, I'm saying classy for lack of a better word, but like, you know, like most people leave their ovens like clear, you know, like putting traditional, yeah, traditional stickers on an oven, like kind of make it kind of, um, I don't know what I picture is like a family home with a bunch of young kids, you know, or something like that. Yeah, like putting stickers on the fridge. It's like similar vibes. Yeah, exactly. Like, does she have stickers on her fridge or is it exclusively the oven? I I have so many questions. I know. (laughs) And you can't see the fridge in the background. I looked. I did look, you guys. I wanted to know if that had magnets too, but I didn't see it. I'm going to bet yes. I'm going to bet that the magnets Probably if she has that many. Yeah, because then it would set off the whole aesthetic. It complements the aesthetic if she has magnets on both. But are the stickers even an aesthetic thing? You know, like maybe she really just did it because she loves stickers. Or magnets. Yeah. I keep calling them stickers, but you know what I mean. (laughs) Yeah, we know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So in Taylor's 30 Things I Learned Before Turning 30 article for Elle, which we will be referencing throughout this episode because she talks about cooking a lot in there. She shares the two game changers she has learned in the kitchen. Number one, getting a garlic crusher. Nice. Classic. Yes. Number two, learning how to immediately calculate Celsius to Fahrenheit in her head. She spends a lot of time abroad. That could turn really bad if she didn't. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Does she have like British or whatever cookie books? Who knows? Probably. I don't think I've ever had to convert those two. Like, ever. Actually, I cook a lot. (laughs) Today, with the recipe that we're going to talk about that I made, it was all in grams, which is, like, relates to the weight. So I had to, like, Google how many grams are in this cup. And aren't grams, like, a super big, like, European? It's a part of the metric system, right? Because you don't look up recipes from, like, an American author or American cook and have them in grams, usually, other than, like, chicken or, like, 
yeah. pork or steak. But then again, I don't follow recipes, people. So, like, I don't know. You know, maybe yeah. we do. You know you know, our non-American audience right now is, like, screaming into They're their They're cringing phone. at us. <laughs> Y'all know we don't use measurements anyway, so this is double confusing. Yeah, it was, like, grams of sugar. What about, like, a quarter cup? Yeah. But, like, honestly metric system i think one day we will be on it so don't fret our international listeners i agree we should use the metric system i blame the american school system yeah (laughs) i have a little scale for my etsy orders maybe i could use that for cooking too yeah that would much to think about okay yeah someone's gonna walk in and you're gonna be like measuring sugar with by grams on your um weight (laughs) and uh it's gonna look a little suspicious crazy it's for my etsy store i promise (laughs) okay so just moving on, after Red came out in 2012, Taylor did an interview with Bon Appetit and talked about her love of cooking. We'll link the full article, of course, but wanted to share some of our favorite quotes. So the interviewer asked Taylor, quote, we heard you like to cook. What's the most challenging thing you've made and how did it turn out? To this, Taylor responds, quote, I tend to try out new recipes for dinner parties, but not ones that intimidate me too much. The added pressure of cooking for people makes me choose simple recipes. Recently, I was at my friend Ashley's house and she made this amazing honey mustard salmon on rice. I got the recipe from her and made it for a dinner party with coconut rice. I'd never tried making fish before, so I'm still pretty proud to have that in my repertoire. End quote. Um... I love coconut rice. I make coconut rice. That's in my repertoire. (laughs) But after this, the interviewer asked Taylor, what six foods are always in your refrigerator? To this, Taylor says, first, eggs. I love making buckwheat crepes with ham, Parmesan cheese, and a fried egg on top. It's my go-to breakfast. Yum. That's your go-to breakfast? (laughs) What? Like every morning? (laughs) That seems like a lot of effort. But I mean, delicious. I know, right? That seems like a Sunday morning thing, but she's not working a typical nine to five. Mm -hmm. Second, thinly sliced ham and chicken from the deli. I like to always have the option to make someone a sandwich. Thoughtful. Third, orange juice. I drink it with breakfast every morning. Healthy. Okay. Is this true, though? Is it possible to have orange juice every single morning? My mom keeps orange juice in the fridge, like, always. Same, because I'm from Florida, if you guys forgot. But I, still, even then, it gets old. You know, like, you, and it's so acidic, like, you can't have it every day. Well, it's, like, one of those things that helps you not get sick, though. You know, if you have orange juice, or that's what I've always yeah, been told. Yeah, that's true. Or, like, when you're sick, you drink orange juice because of the vitamins. Um, my mm-hmm. mom always gave me orange juice in the morning. I'm not even going to lie. So, good for her. Uh, fourth, Diet yeah. Coke, because it understands of me. Of course. <laughs> and her, uh, if you, uh, didn't listen to our last episode, first, you should. Second, her favorite cocktail is Vodka Diet Coke, and I'm still questioning it, honestly. Cressy, what about you? I think she got a big fat paycheck from Coke to say that. <laughs> okay, fifth, Parmigiano Reggiano Cheese. Nice. I like it. Um, and you then, always got to have it in your fridge. I agree. Yeah. That's one of the things I always have, too. I mean, cheese escalates any meal, you know? Mm-hmm. Cook a piece of grilled chicken, sprinkle some cheese on top. Eggs, a little bit of cheese. 
you, I'm gonna stop. I don't. I don't need to go on. <laughs> um, and then finally, six. There's always some sort of binge food, like a tube of cinnamon rolls or a giant tub of cookie dough, because I'm that girl. <laughs> Uh, end quote on that part that's funny yeah because that girl like that definition has changed so much like she's just saying like oh because i'm that girl but now like that girl is an entire aesthetic online of like making salmon and rice for dinner and like having a clean room and doing yoga at 5 a.m and going on jogs and journaling and going to therapy and wearing natural makeup and it's like it's just so strange how she used that term when it means something so different now i was not aware that that term was a thing and i'm like that sounds so nice (laughs) yeah it's like if you look up like hashtag that girl on tiktok things of like organized color-coded planners will show up and healthy recipes mostly fish based or like stretches to do in the morning it's basically like that girl is a girl who has their life completely together and yeah, is very say, at peace. Yeah. Wow. Maybe one day. <laughs> <laughs> um, so moving on. Taylor also said her favorite dish her mom makes is brisket and pot roast. And Taylor's go-to dish when she's in Nashville is chicken and dumplings because they're very Southern. I would love a pot roast right now. Especially one from Andrea. That's something I make like once a year because I, I don't like to buy red meat. But when I do have pot roast, it's so good. I'm so hungry. <laughs> I'm like really. Yeah, of course we chose this and we haven't eaten dinner yet. We're like going through this. We're going to get through this episode. Really yeah, fast we did this too so early. Hungry. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm like really impressed with all of her food choices, but I'm also like. Okay, I believe her, of course, but, like, if you were in an interview scenario and someone was asking you what you cook or what you like to cook, would it be what you actually cook all the time? Or would it be, like, maybe, like, what you hope to cook all the time and you actually cook on occasion? Yeah, it's like those what's in my purse videos. Yeah. That are obviously staged. Or what I eat in a day. Yeah, like, it's, like, there's truth to it, but, like, do you really cook a crepe every morning, Taylor? Yeah. Like, that's that takes a lot of time. Yeah. But, I mean, that is a nice, peaceful way to wake up, so who knows? Yeah. So let's jump ahead now to December 2017, when Taylor Swift was the musical guest of SNL, and Tiffany Haddish was the host, and that's when they met. Oh. And later on Ellen, Tiffany told the story of how after the show wrapped, they made plans to hang out. And Tiffany said she told Taylor, quote, um, okay, so this is what happened. So I did SNL, right? And then let me tell you what happened. So uh, then Taylor, okay. Taylor was like, okay. Tiffany, oh my God, I like it. We got to hang out. I was like, yes, we got to hang out, girl. Let's hang out. And then I told her, I've been, you know, I've been gardening. I said, look, if I come over, you got to make me some barbecue chicken, some potato salad, and a brisket. And she was like, okay. And I said, I'm going to bring some collard greens because I got my own garden and I got greens. And when I pick my green, my greens, right, I smile. I smile when I pick the greens. And then when I wash the greens, I smile. Then when I cut them up, I smile. And then when I cook them, I smile. They call it joyful greens. Uh-huh. So, so, <laughs> uh-huh. 
When I get over there, right, when I get over there, she got all this food. It was so good. First off, Taylor can cook, okay? She can cook. Like, the chicken was bomb, all right? And she made cornbread. Bomb! So good. And then she ate my greens. She was like, oh, my gosh, Tiffany, I have been wanting greens for so long. I go to all these different places and get greens, and they're never good. These greens are so delicious. And I was like, girl, because them is joyful greens. Joyful. That's right. You have to smile when you pick them smile when you walk yeah. Um, do you like greens? Like collard greens? Yeah. Yeah. I love collard greens. My grandpa makes them the best. Yeah. I I I love greens and cornbread. I love all Southern food. Uh, See, I'm not a big mashed potato girl. I don't. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, I like like, the fancy kind that you get like next to like filet mignons. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I was about to ask you, like, do you like real mashed potatoes or you just like dislike the KFC kind? I just, there's like, a difference. I, if there's the skins in them, yeah, there's a difference. I like them. I will say I don't like mushy food. So like I don't like yeah. things that are like, I don't know, getting like yeah, like just being mushed in my mouth. You know. So yeah, if they're like the really soft kind that would be like from KFC, never ever. But if they're like gotcha. fancy mashed potatoes that are like fresh. Like hand mash, the skins are in them. There's some little chunks here and there. Yeah. I'm going to throw in another curveball. I don't like gravy. At all. I feel like you can't say that, though, because there's so many different kinds of gravy. That's like saying I don't like soup. I know. Maybe I just haven't tried. There's chicken gravy, sausage gravy, traditional gravy, white gravy, brown gravy. I mean, there's just so many different kinds. I just feel like like you can't say that, Allie. So far, I've hated them all. I'll let you know if I try a gravy I like. Maybe that'll be our next test. We'll both cook a gravy. Yeah. (laughs) Do you like biscuits and gravy? No. Okay. I like biscuits. Sans gravy. Okay. Interesting. (laughs) That's enough about me. Let's share a quote that (laughs) Selena Gomez said on Ellen in October of 2015. Ellen and Selena were jokingly talking about Taylor's squad requirements. And Selena said, well, I think baking is involved. To which Ellen replied, you have to know how to bake? And then Selena said, I mean, you don't have to, but it helps. (laughs) I think that's adorable. (laughs) Yeah. I... Like, it's just, like, interesting, too. It's Well, because Blake Lively really loves to bake. I think we talked about that in the Blake Lively episode, you know, and I don't know what other friends. Oh, Carly Kloss. Uh, mm-hmm. And she's baked with Lord, too. Yeah, yeah. They all baked. Yeah. Why? 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 Why not just cook? Anyways. Okay. On Selena Gomez's HBO Max show, Selena and Chef, in August of 2020, Selena called Taylor and showed her the Korean barbecue Texas breakfast tacos she was making. Wow, that sounds incredible. Uh, I'm so hungry. I know. This is a terrible episode. I'm Uber eating right, right now, so we'll have it ready after. I'm doing it right now. <laughs> oh, I'm making some Mexican bowls tonight with Mexican street corn. Ooh, yeah. I know. Um, anyways, uh, Taylor said, quote, if you don't send me the recipe, we're going to have words. I want to be served that, <laughs> end quote. Taylor said she was also so proud of Selena and asked her, quote, do you know how long I've been waiting for you to become obsessed with cooking, <laughs> end quote. In this episode, Selena also shared that Taylor's love language is cooking and said that Taylor is her big cooking person. I actually 
didn't realize that I always knew that Taylor loved to bake, but I didn't realize that cooking was involved too. Like I really thought yeah. it was just baking. Same, same with this. Cause I knew she had some dishes that she liked to cook. Like she has that in her, uh, 30 things I learned before 30 that we're going to get into later, but she's actually did a cooking class with, um, barefoot Contessa. Really? The one and only. What? <laughs> yes. She's, she's a, a really big cook too. You know what this is making me think of? What? Doesn't she have like 10 kitchens or something in Holiday House? Isn't there like a million kitchens there? And we were talking about it. So? Yeah. she. It's like something crazy. I don't know if it's 10, but it's like an outrageous amount of kitchens in that house. Let's jump ahead to this hilarious story that St. Vincent told. I think it's so fascinating that St. Vincent has made an appearance on two of our episodes now. So <laughs> if you need a little refresher, St. Vincent is a singer. And they are for the guest on Kesha's podcast that yes. told the story of Taylor's Fourth of July party and how they got pranked. Yeah. That's that friend. Okay. So on Jesse Ware's podcast, Table Manners, St. Vincent was a guest, and she shared that Taylor tried to teach her how to cook. Apparently, St. Vincent later tried to recreate what Taylor taught her, and it was so bad that she's still mocked by her friends about it. Really? So this is what she said, quote, here's a story. So around, I think it was probably 2015, Taylor Swift, who you might know, invited me over to teach me how to cook a steak asparagus and cauliflower something like that and it's very sweet of her to have done that and I don't remember exactly why I don't remember if she experienced that I couldn't cook and thought I'm going to help this girl (laughs) I'm not really sure how it came about but she brought me home and she taught me how to do the thing so flash forward a couple months later I'm at my Laurel Canyon studio and I'm like you know what I'm gonna have a couple friends over make this meal that Taylor showed me how to make and my friends still mock me for it to this day i hear of them basically being raw crusty cauliflower (laughs) and hockey puck steaks end quote i thought for a second when i saw the word raw i thought that they were gonna talk about like this is jake's being raw and i was like how are they raw and crusty (laughs) like that doesn't make any sense (laughs) hockey it's so fun to imagine taylor trying to teach her to like okay this is the stove these are pans you have to heat the oil first and then it not sticking at all (laughs) okay now let's read through all the recipes taylor's ever shared with us or created herself um so we're just gonna read the titles of these and if any of them sound good head to our website because we have them all listed with links to their instructions there are two we will go into a little bit more detail of because we uh we tried them ourselves We have to start with Taylor's signature chai cookies. If you are a Taylor fan, you know about these. This is a recipe Taylor originally shared to her Tumblr in 2014, and Allie tried them out. So how did it go? So as I was making these chai vanilla cookies today, I learned a few things about Sam. First, he doesn't have any cookie sheets, but uh, (laughs) secondly, he also doesn't have a mixer. So I did this all by hand. I mixed everything. I made dough by hand, which I guess isn't that much of an accomplishment. But because I'm not a baker, it felt very um, rewarding. 
Well, so it all went really well. The the cookie dough is delicious. Um, I don't know if I should go into the ingredients at all. You know, typical things. Just add a little bit of uh, chai and vanilla. The one thing I did get hung up on is it said to include one packet of chai. And then in the recipe, it said add the chai tea and I was like okay am I adding the packet of chai or am I adding like physical chai tea I did not know so I added both oh my gosh (laughs) so did you cut open a a tea bag did you get powdered chai uh it was a tea bag because it said chai tea or something in the recipe Mm -hmm. so like I got the physical tea bag so that's why I was so confused because then it didn't say like, you know, I was like, well, maybe they're saying add the chai tea because they want a little bit of water in the mix or something. So mm-hmm. I was really confused. At first, I just did the chai packet because I was like, they didn't say how much water. So I'm not going to like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I just I was like, maybe it's just because of the seasoning of it. So at first, I just mixed in the chai. Like I cut open the tea bag and I put the chai tea in the dough. But when the dough was like really, really like firm. I was like, well, I had made myself a chai tea on the side. <laughs> so then I just dumped part of my drink into the cookie yes. mix. Um, well, it turned out great. The dough was phenomenal. Um, they also have an optional icing. So I made the icing that went on the side, which was literally just nutmeg, cinnamon, milk, and powdered sugar. Um Went a little crazy on the icing. I think if you listeners go to our website and get this recipe and make these, maybe go a little bit lighter on the icing. It was uh, a little intense, but overall, very delicious. How about you? How did your cooking experiment go? So I made the pumpkin chocolate chip cookies. This is apparently the cookies that Taylor has served at Secret Sessions before. Okay. And on her Tumblr, she said that she uses dark chocolate instead of milk chocolate that the recipe calls for. Okay. But I I wanted to follow the recipe exactly because I was scared. <laughs> so I used milk chocolate because I was scared. Okay, you guys? I can't go off book with baking recipes. I can't freaking do it. Every time I try, something goes wrong. And I was like, I'm not going to break the rules. Dark so I used chocolate. the link. That would have made zero I used difference. the link. Oh my god! I know, but I got scared. I'm such a bad baker. That would literally. And you know what? Little, I'm glad. I'm. I was already scared. fighting. I was fighting for my life in the kitchen, Ellie. <laughs> I was okay. fighting for my life. So I don't think dark chocolate. I use the exact link from Food Network. It is a Food Network recipe, and a little did I know that the recipe made sixty cookies. So I'm, I have a stand mixer. I only use it to make pasta. Sorry, mom. I know that was a nice Christmas present, but here we are. So I'm actually using it to bake what it was intended for. And it, the, I'm going to be honest with you guys. If you ever make this, the dough, it's going to look like puke. It's going to look very distasteful. I sent Allie pictures. She is familiar. Yes. What was your thought when I sent you that picture of the orange gunk? Um, I trusted the process. <laughs> but I did it not. Did. I was like, oh no, it's like my flour expired or something. Oh my no. I I did it did look like puke. Yeah, it wasn't ideal. And then I made a huge mess and then I have two giant sheet pans. Like the giant giant ones that take up a whole rack, right? Mm-hmm. I have like a regular gas oven. So then I'm filling up my two trays and I'm realizing it 
it made 60 cookies. <laughs> so I'm like, di- I'm making giant cookies, basically. I'm like adding an, an additional scoop on top of like the already scoop I had. So they're double cookies on two giant sheet pans. <laughs> and I still have dough left over. So I'm like, do you know what? I have a third giant sheet pan. I never use these, by the way, because I never cook. My mom just happened to give me her old ones. I happen to have yeah. three. So then I make I make the last sheet pan and I can't I put them in my oven and the the oven door won't shut all the way. <laughs> and I have a gas oven. Like I don't want to kill myself accidentally. Oh my god. Gas ovens already scare me. Yeah. I, the, another reason why I hate baking, it just it freaks me out to use it. So then I was like, Allie, what do I do? Do I just <laughs> throw these away? And Allie reminded me that I can just do two separate batches. Yeah, so shout like- out to Allie for being smart. <laughs> I just stuck those in the fridge and I made the two giant pans of cookies. And if I had known it would have been that much, I would have done four pans yeah. because my first two pans, those cookies were so big that they like glomped together. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm familiar. I flew a little too close to the sun there. <laughs> And to wrap wrap it all up, they turned out fine. I followed the recipe perfectly, did it the right amount of time. I didn't burn anything. I didn't set off my fire alarm, which I do quite often. Uh, The taste was right. I didn't accidentally use like salt instead of something. One time, you guys, I made a breakfast casserole for a sorority thing in college. And I used, I don't, I, I accidentally doubled the amount of pepper like black pepper oh no i think i used like it was insane i think i was supposed to use like a tablespoon and i used like a quarter cup like something insane (laughs) like each bite of the breakfast casserole had like hundreds of like the little black pepper dots you know it was that many but it tasted fine actually it was fine but i was worried that that might happen again but it didn't it tasted fine but I do want to warn anyone who does make this. It, it tasted great. It was it was good. They're cakey. They're cake-like cookies. Mm-hmm. They're almost like muffin tops. They're closer to a muffin top than they are to a cookie. Mm-hmm. So they don't store well. And if you were thinking of baking cookies to take to a gathering, to a Friendsgiving, to a family thing, these are not the cookies to take with you because they are not going to transport well. So since I had 60 cookies... I gave some to my three neighbors and as I'm, and I, I waited for them to completely cool down like 100%. Like they were room temperature. They had been cooling down for a very long time. They were like ripping and tearing because it was like thin slices of cake basically. So I'm like giving them like crumpled up. Oh <laughs> like, no. I'm handing them like shards of cookie. <laughs> I mean, it was fine. They said it, they all said it tasted really good and it tasted like fall and they were yummy. I got, got thumbs up because I asked them to be honest because I was going to review this recipe on a podcast. So if they don't <laughs> like it, they should just tell me. And everyone liked it, but they do not store well and they do not transport well. None of my neighbors got a whole cookie and I have them in a giant Tupperware right now. And as I've gone throughout the day to go like have another one, they break into like four pieces. Yeah. Oh, and they're no. like all stuck together. It's like, cause it's basically muffin tops. Messy. These are not cookies. These yeah. are, <laughs> these are muffin tops. This, the title of pumpkin chocolate chip cookies is, um, misleading. 
And had I known that, I would have stored them better, but I did not. So I, I did fumble the bag there. But they did taste excellent. They're great. They taste like fall. The milk chocolate tasted fine. It would have been good with dark chocolate too, but I'm glad I followed the recipe. It made me more confident. I did make a huge mess, but they were good. Wow. I didn't know that pumpkin cookies would have, oh, pumpkin chocolate chip. Okay. I got it. Okay. I was like, I, I, I would have, I didn't know that like people made pumpkin cookies with chocolate, you know? Mm-hmm. like i they were good but these this is cake let's be clear i made a cake i made a cake today that is what i that's how i spent my time i made three pans of cake just individual mini cakes that all yeah together. that tore like crazy and they were really good though so if you do decide to make this listeners uh step one cut the recipe in half step two store it I don't, I don't like with between layers of parchment paper. I don't know, mm. but don't do what I did. Don't store it like you would a regular cookie. <laughs> That's funny. I, mine were, now that you mentioned that, like mine were pretty cakey as well. And they definitely cooked together, but that was also because of the absence of cooking sheets or cookie sheets. So yeah, she must like cake based cookies. Yeah. Cause mine were pretty cakey too. So some more recipes that we'll have linked on our website if you want to try them that Taylor has tried um, are first the chocolate peppermint cookies. Taylor made these with Kelly Osborne in 2013. Those sound good. I thought about making these actually, but then I decided it's not Christmas time yet. We're still fall time and I got to use up my, my cans of pumpkin while I can. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's on brand. Yeah. She's also made a recipe called Super Yummy Chocolate Chunk Oatmeal Cookies. And we know this because Taylor tweeted at Chef Ann Burrell, quote, saw you in my mentions and wanted to let you know that your chocolate chip cookie recipe was a real turning point in my life, end quote. <laughs> so these must be pretty good. No, I I actually wish I, wish I saw those earlier because Sam loves oatmeal cookies and I love chocolate. So together, that would have been perfect. Yeah. Maybe we need to try it again. Whoa. I feel like if I do another Taylor recipe, I have to do like dinner, a real recipe. I can't do more cookies. I have too many. I'm just like, again, like I'm just not a baker. And I also just am not like a super sweet tooth person. So I think I would rather Mm -hmm. try something more, uh, yeah, savory to say the least. Yeah. But on that note, she also, we know this, she makes Ina Garten's flag cake she's made this several times uh, because it's made a couple appearances at her fourth of july parties i've made this cake too before it's really good actually i must try is it just like a pound cake underneath yes it's basic it's a very basic cake but with fun berries oh i love it we also have ina garden again the mustard roasted fish which sounds amazing if you click on this recipe you guys i'm gonna have to try this yeah that does sound really good And then in Taylor's 30 Things I Learned Before Turning 30, she lists three recipes she knows she'll be making at dinner parties for life. And they are, first, Ina Garten's Real Meatballs and Spaghetti. I would love to try that one. Uh, Two, Mm. Nigella, I don't know if I'm saying her name right, maybe Nigella or Nigella Lawson's uh, Mugle Chicken. Is that how you say that? That sounds right to me. Um, And then lastly... Jamie Oliver's 
chicken fajitas with mole sauce. And Cressy was trying to convince me to cook this one, but I don't like mole sauce. And it has chocolate in it. I think that's why I don't like it. I don't like mixing my savory with my sweet. Although mole sauce can be really bitter. It just, uh, if you read through the recipe, it just sounds so good though. The chicken fajitas sound amazing. The mole sauce, okay, because it was like fresh tomatoes in it and things. I was like, maybe I'll like it mm-hmm. if I'm like making it fresh. Um, But I don't know. Just never vibed with mole sauce personally. What about you? I, I really like it, but it's not something I eat often enough mm-hmm. to like know the difference between the restaurants you know yeah but there is something we need to point out about the meatballs and spaghetti recipe taylor said she uses packaged breadcrumbs so she doesn't make them herself and she only uses ground beef for the meatball so in the uh, ina garden recipe she uses like three different types of meat it's like veal and something else but taylor only uses ground beef so if you see that recipe you pull it up and you're like oh, this looks hard. Just know Taylor, she goes pre-packaged for the breadcrumbs and she's only using ground beef. I kind of love that too because it's probably just like a bomb-ass spaghetti sauce. Like it's probably a really good tomato sauce. Um, And I love making sauces. So that sounds delicious. So those are all the recipes we could find. If you guys could find more, send them our way and we'll add it to this list. This list will be at our website. If you want to try any of these, And if you do try any of these, let us know how it went. Yeah, we'd love to know. Maybe we'll try it ourselves afterwards. Maybe you'll make better cookies than we did. Maybe. Just don't make our mistakes. Learn from us. Well, now that Cressy and I are starving, Cressy, do you want to tell everyone your daydream for the week? All right. Um, Allie, I think we should start with our nightmares and end with our daydreams. I think we should mix it up because this is a very special holiday episode and i think we should end it on a high note okay sounds good you know so my nightmare this week is that today is november 4th and we still haven't gotten a single from red yet do you think we're getting one tomorrow (laughs) i freaking hope so i feel i hope we wake up at 8 a.m and she's like surprise guys here's a single like she did with mr perfectly fine yeah. And then I'll be like, damn, I wish I hadn't have used that as my nightmare. I'm so dumb. Look at me. <laughs> now I seem ungrateful. I know. I'm like, I have all these thoughts that just popped up in my head. I'm like, I need to be careful what I say because this is coming out in a week. Oh, my God. When this comes yeah. out, we're a day from Red Taylor's version. So congrats, guys. We made it. Yeah. I wonder if we have a single by then. Hopefully. I'm so excited. We'll okay. What's your nightmare? Um... My nightmare, I'm going with another uh, Bachelorette one. Um, I did. The, I think this was like one of my OG nightmares or daydreams. Um, but I've been like really captivated by the season more so than Katie's season. I know you don't watch Cressy, but there's this like yeah. villain guy, Jamie. If you're listening and you watch The Bachelorette, you know who I'm talking about. He was probably the most manipulative like contestant I've ever seen like they actually showed him so each contestant gets like a producer you know that they get to like confide in and stuff they actually showed like footage in this past episode of him confiding to his producer how it was a turnoff when Michelle the bachelorette said that her husband was in the room he said that's kind of weird like and he like said it was a turnoff and he was like but I don't judge though I don't judge like and it was like Dude, do you even know what you signed up for? Like, you know, like, that's kind of the status quo. Like, have you watched a single Bachelorette, Bachelor season? Like, why are you on this show? And he was, like, talking shit about her. And then 
basically there was like rumors that Michelle maybe had a fling with one of the guys that's a contestant because they're both from Minnesota. And so when Jamie found out, he was all bothered by it because he's like this real macho, like toxic masculinity guy. And he was bothered by it. And he told the guys, I was like, I'm bothered by this. Then he goes to Michelle and tells Michelle that all the guys in the house are now like questioning her character because they think that like she hasn't been truthful about having a fling with one of the contestants where really it was just him who felt that way. And then he told her (laughs) that everyone else was mad at her. Like that is the most toxic manipulative like partner you could ever have literally making her upset for no reason. Yeah, He, he is disturbing. Um, but anyways, Michelle basically found out that he did this like a whole week later after it happened. Well, I don't know in terms of the days of the actual show taping, but she found out this week and she sent him home. They actually sent the villain home and didn't prolong it too long. So hooray, Michelle. So it's kind of a nightmare slash partially daydream for Michelle. Ended on a high note. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, you go, girl. I really like her season. So is this, (laughs) did this happen this week? Yeah, so this happened, like, in the episode that came out, um, I believe it's on Tuesdays. I always watch it on Hulu now. So I watched it today. That's why I, that's yeah. why I know. Yeah. Um, okay. But, so by the time this comes out, it'll be, like, a week late. But, yeah. Goodbye, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what's your daydream? So I have two daydreams. Okay. The first one is that Animal Crossing 2.0 <laughs> is out now. I am so excited to play some happy home designer. I'm so excited that we can grow crops now. I'm so excited that we can cook. Very on theme for this week of G-Fog. Yes. I'm cooking in real life and I'm cooking in the Animal Crossing kitchen. (laughs) In fact, I updated it today and I went into my house to do some, I don't know, house stuff. I think I was putting some stuff in my storage. And a villager came over. Kiki came over. My little black cat. She just like knocked on the door. I was like, Cressy, are you in there? And I was like, they can come in my house? So that was fun. So Kiki came inside and we played a card game together. Aww. It was really cute. It was very precious. So I'm really excited about this update and I'm excited to learn more about it. I'm excited for Brewster. I'm excited for Harriet. I'm excited about the new hairstyles. I like the little side braid. Very Katniss Everdeen. <laughs> Y'all know I love the Hunger Games. Okay, Same. so that's number one. Okay. Number two is... Allie, I'm not sure if you're aware of this. Okay. Taylor is going to be on TV a lot next week. Oh, I know. Oh, my God. It's like all over everything. She's going to be on Seth Meyers. She's going to be on Jimmy Fallon. She's going to be on SNL. She's everywhere. Where does she find the time? Where was this energy a week ago, Miss Taylor? We missed you, but I'm so excited. I'm going to watch all of them. Shout out to Hulu. I'm going to watch them all a day later. Yeah. But... I'm excited, nonetheless. Predictions. What do you think she's going to sing on SNL? What are her two songs? I think she's going to sing All Too Well. And I I don't know what the second song will be. I think it has to be... I've seen predictions that she's going to sing Willow. Wow. That would be a throwback. I've seen... I've seen... That, I know, it's so crazy. Even yeah. though that's not less than a year old. But she's already performed that live. And I think she's going to be... Re- uh, promoting red because it's coming out what if she sang one of her bonus songs 
that would be very interesting. Yeah. I've been like questioning whether she would sing the all too well 10 minute version. Like, do you think they're going to give her that full 10 minutes? Oh, it wouldn't be the 10 minute. No, they wouldn't. <sighs> Why would they have a very strict time? I don't they know. But for Taylor Swift. No, there's no way like they're they treat musicians so shittily on SNL. I don't know. This, but- if you've ever noticed that like things just sound off when the musical guest performs it's because there's like nothing put into that the sounding like the what's it called it's not sound science uh like the mixing of it it's like shit oh it's horrible and artists always sound terrible on us you know and it's not because it's live i mean that is a part of it for uh singers who don't do well live but it's also just because the mixing is horrible like the acoustics are all fucked up. It's like a thing. You got to Google it. I'm not making this up. It's like a thing that if you perform on SNL, it's not going to sound that great because really? of their equipment. Yeah. Maybe I have low standards, but I've always like, I always find new artists on SNL. Like I always like, cause sometimes they'll put on like someone who's like a little alternative or something like, and I'll find like someone new. Cause I think it sounds so amazing. Like, I mean, Greta Van Fleet is pretty popular now, but like when they came on, like I was like, oh my God, they're so good. And then they had um, a girl on just last week. I forgot her name already, but like she was outstanding. So I don't know. I already forgot her name though, which is bad. <laughs> but- <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not that it all sounds bad, but I'm just saying they already have next to nothing invested in their sound equipment. They're not going to give up an additional five minutes of their airtime to yeah. Taylor. And they have, like, ad slots that have been bought a year in advance. It's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I don't know. I I just dramatically threw my phone on my bed. (laughs) I I mean, like, I could – I can definitely see, like, it's most likely not going to happen. But I could – I feel like there's a possibility. I think it's more likely that we'll have that version on Jimmy Fallon or something. But I just don't see that happening on SNL. Unless she – Because she she will be performing on Fallon. I don't think she'll release that as, like, her lead single or anything. And, like, would she perform it before it's, like, out? Mm, if it's on... So that's the 11th. It comes out the 12th. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, I've also, like... I've actually kind of toyed with the fact. I was, like, what if All Too Well was her first single released for Red? Like, the 10-minute version. But that would be, like, such a power play. Because that would be, like, completely unexpected. Because, like, all the Taylor fans are going to eat that shit up, like, immediately. But are other people going to, like, go to that? You know what I mean? Like, are the masses going to go to mm-hmm. that? But, like, will it even, would it even matter? Because she's Taylor Swift, and she also has so many loyal fans. I wonder if Red is going to debut at number one. I would venture to say yes. Because it, it, it would only be at number one for a week. Because Adele, Adele is the following week. Yeah. And that's going to dominate the charts 100%. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. But interesting that anyway. we brought up SNL because my daydream this week is Ed Sheeran. Surprise, surprise. He just dropped his new album, Equals, and I literally have not stopped listening to it. Um, he performs on SNL this weekend. And I specifically, I mean, like, I'm obsessed with this album. I'm obsessed with all of his albums, to be honest. But, like, I really like this one. And my favorite song off this new album is Collide. And I listened to it a few times. And then I like, you know how you like listen to it for a few times because of the vibes and you like it. And then you like go back and you're like, I'm going to really pay attention to the words. I don't know. That's how I, that's how I experience music. Well, I went back and was like really paying attention to the words. And one of his lines, like really early on in the song, he sings, 
we found a Irish bar in central Rome. And I'm going to bring up going abroad for the second time. I don't know if he's singing about my Irish bar in central Rome, but there is an Irish bar in central Rome that exists called Scholar's Pub. Every time I'm in Rome, I bring people to Scholar's Pub. And no matter what, it is a phenomenal time. It is the best vibes of any bar I've ever been to. It has an Auburn flag hanging in it. And he sings. And I've like asked like locals too, like, oh, do you go to Scholar's Pub? I love Scholar's Pub. Locals know about it. Like, it's like a known bar in Rome. I think... Based on my, like, observations, to me, it's the most popular Irish bar in Rome. There's, like, maybe one other I can think of called the Drunken Ship, and I don't even know if that's Irish. I don't even think it's Irish. I think that Ed Sheeran is singing about my favorite bar in Rome. Uh, So, yeah, I just had to throw that out there. That's my daydream. (laughs) Um, So I realized that, and I, like, literally, like, was like slapping Sam's leg. I was like, Sam, they're singing about scholars or he's singing about scholars. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm delusional, but like scholars is the place and it is an Irish pub in Rome. So I don't know. We'll see. Did you listen to Ed Sheeran on Armchair Expert? I didn't get through the whole episode, but I listened to like the first hour and that was super interesting. Like he, I I don't know what the second half said yet, but like I listened to the first half. Yeah, you need to finish it because I want us to speculate who he's talking about on certain oh. points. Okay, so for our listeners, if you haven't listened to the Armchair Expert episode yet where Ed is on, he mentions a few different things, one being an artist that like completely shut him down when he was first starting. I heard that part, yeah. Yeah, and how like now whenever he see is in the same room as this artist, Ed is just like, no, like fuck you. I'm not gonna give you any attention because you were so fucking mean to me. And I want to know yeah. who it was because I went on the Armchair Expert subreddit and I saw someone guess that it might have been Simon Cowell. Oh, which would make sense, but Ed made it seem like it was like a a performer, not a, a producer. S- yeah. Because that would be worse. Like, producers are going to be critical of you. It's their job, you know? So, like, if yeah, if Simon was a jerk, like, you're still going to remember that. But, like, it's, like, I feel like it would hurt more coming from another artist. Like, what do they have to gain by shutting you down, you know? Yeah, and it seems like Ed took this very personally. Because I think he even said it was someone he looked up to. Yeah. So I really want to know who it is. And then he also mentioned how that at the Grammys that there are people like basically rooting for him to lose. Mm-hmm. And Monica, the co-host of Armchair Expert, I was like, but no, like those aren't like the people who are also musicians. Like those are just like other people, like your colleagues, your, your peers, they aren't like rooting for you to fail. And he was like, no, like I can name some names right now. Like they don't want to see me when they like actually hate me. And I want to know who hates him. Yeah, he doesn't seem like a easy person to hate. Yeah, so I there was a lot of tea spilt yeah. without a capital T. It was a lowercase T. I want some names. He seems very humble. Like he talked about how he like lives in the town he grew up in and like to everyone there, like he's just Ed. So like if he walked into a bar in that town, like uh they might just be like, Oh, there's Ed Sheeran, but like it's not gonna be like a Yeah mob 
So I thought that was interesting. And then he also talks about how his dad lied to him growing up. He played Ed's music for his friends. And he said that uh, his dad told him that all of his friends really liked it. And they actually were like, your music is shit. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Um, Did you catch when Ed mentioned Taylor going over there? Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, I he also talked about like they were talking about how there's a cool club in Hollywood and like how people were kind of like rooting for Taylor to lose. But then now she's reached a level with folklore and evermore that like, you know, like you can't question Taylor now. Like she's been successful over and over and over again, you know. But what what part are you referring to? When he was talking about how he gets his friends to visit him and how he has like a, a separate little area for guests. Oh, because yeah. it's such a like a nice quiet town that it's easy for people to visit. And he's like, and Taylor stays here sometimes. He like just offhandedly said it. Yeah, like in the guest room or in the actual house. Uh, so he has like like a guest house. Yeah, because he had mentioned like I don't bring people into the house because like my daughter lives there, you know. And, yeah. Like, but I imagine like Taylor's allowed in the house with the daughter, but like probably still stays outside most likely. Yeah. But I would love to go to his pub. Oh, yeah. Like in his town. What is it called again? The one that he owns. Yeah. Is that in London or was that in his town? I just can't remember. I think it's in his town. It's named after his wife and his agent's wife, right? It's like their name is put together. Cherry or something. I don't know. But yeah, no, that does sound like a lot of fun. God, I love him. Anyway. Anyway. Gotta go eat now. I think we've covered both of our daydreams and nightmares. Do you have anything else you want to add to this very special holiday cooking episode, Allie? Nope. Other than I can't wait to eat up some Red Taylor's version in one week when this is released. Scrumptious. I know. I'm excited. Um, As always, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at GFA Weekend. You can also find all the links to the recipes at GFAweekend.com. And you can find us on TikTok as well as Reddit, r slash good for a weekend. Yes. And with Red coming out this week, make sure you guys send us your reactions, send them in the Discord, comment them on our post. Let's talk about it and we will discuss this in our next episode, which will be about Red, Taylor's version. Yes, we cannot wait. Yeah, thank you guys for listening to another episode of Good for a Week and the podcast where two friends talk about Taylor Swift and we will see you next week. Yes. Wait, wait. It actually might be the week after that because the next week is Thanksgiving and we don't know our traveling plans yet. So we'll see (laughs) you in the next two weeks. We will see you sometime soon. (laughs) Yeah. Jifa out for now. <laughs> <laughs>